I want to forewarn you, today is going to be extremely practical. So if you came in with your learning caps, um, keep them on because you're going to learn a lot today. You're going to learn a lot. Uh, Keep them on and uh, I hope this adds value to your life. All right, here we go. So I was in, I was in prayer this week, and uh, I don't want to be all deep about it, you know. Like I was in prayer for three hours, and the Lord came in the room. No, that, I'm usually a good three minutes, and uh, <laughs> I told you, man, I'm, I'm loose today. So anyway, I was in prayer this week, and I heard two terms. Two terms were deposited into my spirit. And um, these two terms were voices and choices, voices and choices. And uh, that's the title of today's message, Voices and Choices. And I, I just, I, I leaned into that. And because um, like I said, we put a bookmark and asked for the moon. And uh, we're going to do a few standalone messages until December. Um, that's an exciting month too, but... And I just I stayed there for a moment and just praying more about voices and choices. And what, what the Holy Spirit deposited on my heart is, is that many of us are in a season of decision making. And um, that the decisions that you're going to make within the next, say, two to three months. And I don't want to quantify it because I don't want you to idolize the number. Right. So if I quantify it simply because I'm, I'm the man with the microphone or I'm the man with the Bible, if I quantify it, you may say, well, pastor said five years. But what I do want to say, because I want to be careful, we, you know, um, I do want to say, uh, I believe the next five to, to 15 years of your life, that the decisions that you're going to make in this season uh, will bear will bear uh, certain implications and so this is what you call a rhema word. Rhema means a word specifically for your life. So I, we can go anywhere in the scripture. We can teach grace. We can teach forgiveness. Uh, we can go verse by verse through any book. But God said, I, I want you to tell them that um, they are, I know that they're in a season of decision making. And um, this is the word I want you to give them. In this season, the choices that we make today will determine tomorrow's reality. And the great thing about God is, is that God can see into the future and we can't. So unless he reveals the future to us, he, he, he wants to give us wisdom in the present. So if he doesn't choose to reveal it prophetically or, or tell you what you're going to walk into or tell you what the situation is going to be, he'd rather give you wisdom in the moment. So that you make the right decision. Because decisions are like dominoes. You make one decision and it can, like I said, it can affect down the road. And so uh, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Decisions unlock destiny. Decisions unlock destiny. And the, the, the opposite can be true too. Decisions can lock up destiny. A lot of your decisions that you're going to make in this season is either going to open doors for you down the road or it's going to close doors that you're going to want to walk through. Um, But what I do know is, is that no one ever in the history of ever has ever said that I want to decrease. Unless it's something, unless it's a vice or something bad, but you've never said I want to decrease or I want more pain in my life. 
or I want more trouble in my life. You, you, you've never said that. If you have, we, I don't know if church is going to do it for you. We may need to get you to a doctor, but um, uh, that, that's a whole different story. But no one has ever said, I want a worse outcome. And what I've come to find out is, is that the difference between increase and decrease a lot of times is choice. The, the difference between advancing and not advancing is choice. Um, the difference a lot of times between pain and peace is choice. And um, the difference, I love this one, the difference between better and bitter is choice. Um, I think one of the greatest choices that you can make every single day is the choice to be grateful. I know we're in November and Thanksgiving is coming and we could be doing a series on gratitude. That would be standard for. But I think that what is more important is that we understand the power of choice. Um, you can choose to be grateful. In my 13 years of walking with Jesus, and many of you have walked with Christ longer than I have, uh, many of you, that's kind of a jaded uh, thing for you because some of you will say, well, I accepted Christ when I was two, <laughs> and now I'm 37. I've been walking with Jesus 35 years. I say, chances are you didn't understand anything when you were two. But, but when you're 32, you started walking with him. The number doesn't matter. What I'm saying is, is this. For 13 years, I've never experienced God opening up heaven and saying, I'm going to zap you with gratitude. Like, here's a dose of gratitude. Bam. Wow, I'm, I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful for my job. I'm grateful for all this work I have to do. No, Never. God won't zap you with a good attitude. Wow. He, he won't zap you with integrity. Sin is a choice. Adam and Eve, right? Bite the fruit. Don't bite the fruit. It was a choice, right? And, and we have the power of, of choice. I can choose to be grateful. I can choose to do what's right. I can choose to stick it out in my marriage when things get tough. I can choose to, to go to the gym. I can choose to lay in the bed. It's all about choice. And so the first thought that I want to share with us today is this, is that voices influence choices. Voices influence choices. I love this, um, this image that we're going to pull up on the screen here. <laughs> and um, this, this just helps provide a picture. And we've seen these images before, but they're so true. And I think a lot of us have grown up and we've learned to kind of laugh at them. Now, you know, they're cute, but it's so true. Like you have the bad guy and you have the good guy. I want to, if you're taking notes, I want to give you, these are the four voices that are fighting for your attention all the time. Number one, the voice of God. The voice of God. Number two, your voice. You can call it your conscience. You can call it your audible voice. Number three, the voice of the enemy of your soul, which the Bible teaches through and through, is Satan. Jesus called him the, the God of this world, the lowercase g. 
And number four, the voices of others. So God, you, Satan, others. Those are the four voices that are always vouching for your attention, vouching for your heart. And um, as it has to do with the image that we have here on the screen, like I said, today's going to be practical, so you got to follow me. The one here wants us to enjoy things for a moment. So he's going to influence us and encourage us to make decisions based upon how we feel. Based upon our circumstance. Based upon revenge. Based upon what's entitled to us. And he's going to just say, man, if you do it, you're going to feel better. If you do it, you're going to get back at him. If you spend it, you're going to enjoy it. I remember when I was a freshman in college, um, hadn't even uh, fully turned. I, I was fresh, fresh 19-year-old, just a couple months. I just turned 19, and I got an email from Bank of America. They offered me a credit card, $3,000. Oh, I'm grown. I don't have to tell my mom. I can sign off on it, and that's what I did. Yeah, send me that card. Woo, balling. And me and my friend, man, we would go to Macy's. There was no Amazon. No, we go to Macy's. Say, man, I need to get a fresh shirt. Fresh shirt. We go buy our shirts. Credit card. Go to the cafeteria. Credit card. This was before Jesus. Go to the cafeteria. Look at some girls. Credit card. Girl, you want some? Credit card. You need some? Credit card. Take anyone out. Credit card. Then we wouldn't go home yet. We wouldn't go back to our dorm. We'd go back to the store. Oh, man, I need some shoes. Credit card. Within two and a half months, I had maxed out on my limit. $3,000. Where were the girls? Where were my friends that I spent all that money on? And and it it was a choice. It was... It was decisions, and it was all led by this guy, this guy over here, and myself. And it was a choice, albeit ignorant, but it was a choice. This guy over here, he wants us to be wise in the moment. He wants us to breathe. He wants us at 3 p.m. when we're ready to go home to just, just pray about it. Be be sensible. Don't respond quite yet. He wants us to be wise in a moment so that we don't make a momentary decision that we're going to regret for a lifetime. He wants us to be wise in a moment so that we can celebrate victory and growth and maturity for a lifetime. This is the guy, the Holy Spirit, God, the Word of God, spiritual counsel, your pastors, who wants you to think in the moment so that you can celebrate for a lifetime. I love this verse here in Luke 8, verse 11 says this. It says that the seed is God's Word. Jesus was teaching, and he said that the seed is God's Word. Um, So he describes the Word of God as a seed. And so I I like to think the opposite is true as well. If God's word is seed, so is the word of man. And and, 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 and the thing is, is that there have been some things that God has has called you to. 
And if we know anything about a seed, we know that seeds are, are, are you know, they're planted and, and they're put in the ground and, and you water the ground and you till the ground and the seed begins to germinate, the shell breaks open, the roots take place, the stem grows, and then there's the fruit. There's the, the outcome. There's the, the, the destiny. There's the, the, the purpose. There's it fulfill the seed. The word of God is seed and the word of God has, has told you to do certain things in this season. Even if you don't know any Bible, God still speaks to you. God has God has told some of us, for example, God has told some of us to you need to step out and, and step out on faith and, and, and apply to that job. You need to step out on faith and, and go back to school. Don't worry about the money. I'm going to take care of it. You need to step out on faith and go ahead and start serving at that local church because I want to grow you there. And a lot of us, we've said, yes, yes, we're going to do that. We've made the choice to do it. The seed was planted. We, we've come into agreement with the seed. We, the seed is, is, is growing. It's bursting through. We made that choice because the voice influenced us to make the choice. The voice of God influenced us to make a choice. Now, though, this is the issue. Time has went by. Maybe a week, maybe two, maybe three, maybe a month. And all of a sudden, the choice that we made is now a different choice. Because in the process of time, Different seeds have been planted in the same soil. In this same story that Jesus tells, he says that the soil is your heart. And he also tells another story where he says a man planted one day and he planted wheat. And while this man was asleep, the enemy came. The enemy of your soul, this man represented the enemy, came in at night and planted a different kind of seed. And when the harvest came up, when he woke up in the morning, not only was there wheat that had grown, there were tares as well. Wheat and weeds. And the weeds were choking out the wheat. So, so you can be bent on getting out of debt. But then this guy comes back. Pull that picture back up. This guy comes back in. And he'll say, oh, you're just paying 100 bucks a month on that. Are you ever going to get out of debt? It's going to take forever. And now the choice that you made to be disciplined has now been usurped because a different seed has been planted in your heart. Why? Because voices influence choices. So you, you, you got to begin to, to, to ask yourself, man, who am I surrounding myself around? What, 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 what kind of music am I listening to? This is why I say this. It's because everything you hear doesn't stop in your ear. It makes its way into your heart. The ear is the gateway to your heart. Everything that you hear does not stop in your ear. Um, oh, man, I remember I was, I was seven years old. And I've told this mini story before, but for those of you who haven't heard it, um, I love my brothers. Um, many of them made some, some poor decisions throughout life. My dad told me when I was seven years old, because I'm the youngest of 24 on my dad's side, so I was able to see like, oh my God, don't do that. He said, son, I love your brothers, but they are the perfect example of what not to be when you grow up. And boy, you talk about a seed that entered into my ear and was planted in my heart. 
and, and, and growing up, uh, it started when I was seven, eight, nine, ten. I just, I, I would see them go left. I see the result of it. And I said, I'm not going left. I'm going right. And it was just my dad's voice would always pop up. I, I see my uncles and my, my, my aunts and, and, and my family go through certain things, struggle with certain things. They would go left and I would go right. And I allowed the voice of my father to keep me out of a lot of nonsense. I'm even trying to pour this into my kids now. Because there's this temptation now to, to and it's always been there, to, to fit in and to, and to follow the crowd. And to be honest, it's simply lame to me. I just think that there is power in being alone. And so I tell my kids a lot of times, listen, dude, like, I don't care if you're the only one making the right decision. Be the only one making the right decision. Make the right decision. Because the way the kingdom of heaven works is it's a flip effect. Jesus said that the least of these, those who the world is like, Ugh, you're not having any fun, all that God stuff. He said, when it's all said and done, it's going to turn. And those who are considered least right now will be considered the greatest. And I'm seeing it in my life right now. That throughout life, as, as, as I've made certain decisions to not go in this direction, but to go in this direction, yes, there was a long season of loneliness, of being misunderstood, of being rejected, of being put to the side. But what I'm coming to see right now is that the same friends or the same people who said they were friends that left me along and that kept me to the side, they're now reaching out trying to figure out life. They're now reaching out trying to, man, your family is beautiful. And, man, God is working so powerfully. And is there a church in my city? Are you connected to any pastors? Can you send me to that, that place? And it's all rooted in the voices that influence your choices. So you, you go with the crowd if you want. But there's a certain voice that's driving that crowd. Or you can go with that voice that rarely anyone listens to and that's the voice of the spirit of God and the Bible says that God has written the law on our hearts so watch this (laughs) maybe you're new to this faith thing maybe you don't believe in Christ maybe you're forced to come here they're gonna give you lunch afterwards (laughs) good job if you got them here Um, I I need to know who you are I might give you a gift card but they they made it so welcome to church But what I will say is that the Bible says that God has written his law on your heart. And a lot of people will call that the conscience. But you know right from wrong. Whether you're in Jesus or not, he's written it on your heart. And voices influence choices. And what you got to begin to ask if you're taking notes is, if I heed to this voice, what's going to be the outcome? you got to begin to ask yourself, if I heed to me, if I heed to them, if I heed to him, what's going to be the outcome? Am I going to end up healthier, wiser, stronger? What's going to be the outcome? Second thought is this, is you have the power to choose the voices you listen to. You have the power. (laughs) So, I love studying 
uh, certain companies and, and their business operating systems. And um, <laughs> it's just so, it's so funny. If you're anything like me, man, when you call a store, you, you don't want the computer. So a- anyone, do you have the spiritual gift of hitting the operator, the, the zero button? <laughs> You, you don't know if you got prophecy or the gift of healing or any tongues, all that weird. I got the spiritual gift of zero. Beep. You know what I mean? And that's all good. Right? I, I got it too. And so um, what's very interesting, and I don't have my phone. I, I meant to bring it up. But um, uh, you can call Giant right now. You know, Giant and Whole Foods. Uh, grocery stores, albeit different products, whatever. You know, some of you got that bougie thing in you, and it's all good. And, I got a little bougie in me too, but you can call Giant, and when you call, you're gonna, they're going to pick it up, but it's going to be a computer. It's going to be a, a robot, whatever you want to call it. I sound old school. I don't know what to call it anymore. It's AI, whatever. Machine. A machine. That's even, okay, no, let's not say machine. I like that, though. That's awesome. You helped me out. Man, my dad used to say machine. The machine picked it up. Anyway, so... I'm like, Dad, it's not machine, it's robot. Now the kids are like, no, it's AI. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. So a computer is going to pick up. And, um, you know, you ain't trying to go through all those prompts, so you just press zero. Beep! And it gets you. Why do you press zero? Because you want to talk to a person. You call Whole Foods. That's terrible. <clears throat> they pick up. Guess what picks up? A person. And this is the thing, I I don't know where you shop, but what that really spoke to me was is that I don't don't have to speak to a machine. I can speak to a person. I don't have to dial into the machine. I have the power and the choice to dial into the person. And a lot of us right now, you're in a season where you just think you don't have the power of choice. You wake up and it's like, oh, I'm just, I'm croggy and I'm tired and I just don't want to go. And, and, and you, you've, you've become prisoner to the, the choice of being croggy and tired and negative. And, and God revealed to me in my study this week that some of us have been having suicidal thoughts. And that's a clear sign that the enemy has told you this is your only choice, that it won't get better. That you won't prosper. That you won't grow. And so you're beginning to entertain it more and more and more and more every day. That if I just do this, if I just make it feel better, if I just kind of do a little pain relief, if I just end it all, that I wouldn't have to worry about any of it. And that's the enemy working it in your mind that you don't have the power, the capability, the capacity to choose peace, to choose joy, to choose life, to choose abundance, to choose growth. You still have the power to choose. Don't get beat up. Don't get tied up in a corner. You have the power to choose freedom. You have that power. I remember when I... um. I said yes to, to vocational, uh, to ministry. All of, all of us are ministers in here, mind you, if you're a part of the church. It's not just a pastor's job to do all the ministry. But when I said yes to the call of God on my life, um, there were two affirming voices in my life. It was the voice of my soon-to-be fiancé and my grandmother. And they just said, okay, that's what you're going to do. We're, we're with you. We support you. No med school. We believe in you. We believe in the call of God on your life. 
On the other side, there were voices of negligence and negativity. So, so for some of the people who were like, oh, man, you're going to med school. Oh, it's going to be great. It became silence. Oh, you're going to be a pastor. Okay. Keep that. <laughs> Go ahead. We'll, we'll check you out later. You know, keep that. Then there are the voices of negativity. Oh, man. You know, I, I heard many times. Do you, oh, Josh, are you, do you know how many churches close every single year? And they were right. 7,000 churches close a year. That's anywhere between 150 to 200 churches that will shut its doors forever this week. I, I hear things that, uh, like, you know how many pastors quit the ministry a year? And they were right about that. Pastors who start out today in three years, 5,000 of them won't be in the pastorate if they start out today. That's the stat. It's about 60, 70 pastors a week will say, I'm done. And this guy is happy about it. Because that means less local houses of deliverance. Less families being restored. More bondage, more addiction, more death, more nonsense spreading in the media. If I can, if, man, if I'm the enemy, if I could just... Divide the church and destroy the church and rip the church apart. Woo, woo, hell is having fun. I heard the negativity about, oh, you, people don't give anymore. They don't tithe. They don't give the offering anymore. How are you going to eat? What, what, what are you going to do? What are you? They weren't lying about that. 12% of the American church gives a regular tithe. And I'm like, Ooh, those are some strong, opposing voices. And even though all this made sense and I could write it out and it was true, this is what God called me to. And I had the power to choose between God and this. You have the power. To choose. Starting today, you need to choose. You need to choose faith over fear. You need to choose destiny over doubts. You need to choose to press in over giving up. You have the power to choose. You need to choose to be the best in your industry and not mediocre. You, You have the power to be the best. I love this verse, Deuteronomy 30. This is the children of Israel. And they're heading towards the promised land. God is speaking through Moses. And he says this here. He says, now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. Watch this. And I I didn't tell this to 930 because it didn't stick out to me like that. But it, it just like a sore thumb. There is no staying still. You're either going to go on to the more that God has for you, or you're going to go on to the less. But there's no settling where you are in life. And he says this here. He says, I've given you the power to choose, okay? For I command you this day to love the Lord your God. And to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways, live for me. If you do this, you will live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are about to enter and occupy. 
So he gives them choice. He says, I put life and death before you, but he also gives them the answer and the pathway to life. Trust me. Love me. Follow me. Live for me. And watch me move in your life. Because he's that gracious and he's that loving. He won't, he won't give us a choice without giving us some guidance. So he gives us the answer. We're going to skip down to verse 19. Today I've given you the choice between life and death. He's repetitive. A great teacher is repetitive. Between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. So that you and your babies and your grandbabies and your great-grandbabies and your great-great-grandbabies and your great-great-grandbabies and your great-great-great-great-great-grandbabies would live. You may want to think about right now as we revisit the top of the message. What, what, what choices do you need to make? before the end of the year because they're going to have generational effect that's why I didn't quantify it they're going to have generational impact for my teenagers in here you some of you some of you are very mature and you're leaned in you're pressing in some of you are here more in your heart than the adults are and I celebrate that but what I will say for, for, for not just for teenagers but for anyone you can never be too young or too old to be serious about the choices that God is calling you to make because only he sees the future but he's trying to deposit wisdom into your heart now the last point today is is this is that the right voice won't always lead to the comfortable choice but the best outcome but it will lead to the best outcome y'all okay all right, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Thank you. I'm hungry, but I'm good. I don't know how I'm going to do three services for Christmas. Y'all understand, boy. Preaching, boy. You, you pour out, boy. Anyway, sorry. All right. <laughs> I love you guys. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. The best church in the world. Give, give yourselves a hand clap for being in church on Sunday. You could be anywhere else, but you're here. You are here. You're here. I want to I wanna teach this point through a series of scriptures involving Jesus and his father. And so here it is, Luke 3, 21 through 22, as we uh, land the plane. So it says here, one day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. So if you ever needed a reason to be baptized, Christ was baptized. And um, there are more reasons than that, but there are a lot more reasons than that. But Jesus was baptized. Such an amazing step to make in your faith. All right. Verse 22. And the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. So you have God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and here comes God the Father. Watch the language. And it says, and a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son. And you bring me great joy. So that that voice of affirmation, love, acceptance, 
you're my son, and I'm with you, and I'm proud of you. You're, you're, you're 29, about to turn 30, and your ministry is about to start. You're the savior of the world. I, I affirm you. Go ahead. Fulfill your destiny. Fulfill your call. Step into the plan of God for your life. That, that voice of affirmation and love. Now watch this here. Luke 4, 1 through 2. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River, and he was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry so the same voice that affirmed him that approved of him that supported him that gave him everything he need was the same voice that led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy now, the Bible says that God doesn't tempt us, only the enemy tempts us, and, and we're also tempted when, when we're drawn away by our own desire. So when you, when you have something that you want so bad, different teaching, that's when you're tempted, and Satan will tempt you. God tests us, and the reason why God tests us is he tests us to approve our blessings. He tests us to strengthen us. So, so Jesus had to go through this wilderness, but I do need you to watch this distinction. The same voice, which was the right voice in his life, did not lead him into a comfortable place. Yeah. But it did lead him to the best outcome. Now watch this. Luke 4, verse 14. We're going to skip down a few verses. After Jesus had been tempted for 40 days and 40 nights by the enemy, he returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quick, quickly through the whole region. So I affirm you, I love you, go into that wilderness. But when you come out, you're going to come out with the power you need to fulfill the calling that's on your life. The right voices won't always lead you to the most comfortable choice. I was home sophomore year, I think around, I don't know, maybe Thanksgiving, and I came into the kitchen, I kissed my mom on the cheek. And um, she said, what, what was that for? And I said, I just, I want to thank you. She said, for what? I said, for every time you put a belt on my behind. For every time you told me no, for every time when I was a little kid I wanted that toy and you said no, and you let me cry all the way to the car, for every time I want those pair of shoes and you said no. So I want to thank you because it's, it's, it's how you raise me that has produced, along with the grace of God, but it has produced the man that I am today. And I don't know about you, but Parents, coaches, spiritual leaders, if you have a real one in your life, they care less about your comfort. They care more about the outcome of your life. And so I just, I need you to be very prevy and aware of the people who always tell you what you want to hear. Who always excuse our dysfunction. You need people in your life who are going to challenge you and say that's not right. You need to pray. You need to read. You need to take a deep breath. 
you ought to take some time off. It's those people that care nothing about your comfort in the moment, but they care about the outcome. They care about the outcome. That's that very practical. I, I remember when um, the, we, we had just packed the Penske truck. <laughs> it's like a 20-footer. It was right outside. And uh, our Kia was loaded, packed. We're ready to make this move from Orlando, Florida to Gaithersburg, Maryland. And um, my mother-in-law and and, and my sister-in-law and her kids and Jay, who was older, Judah was very small. We all converged there. Our rooms are empty. The living room is empty. It's just we were there for two or three years or so. But we converged there in the kitchen area. And, man, Jay was just bawling like a baby. Mom crying. Kyra crying. I'm, I'm trying to stay strong. You know, I got a few tears. But we, we've loaded up. And we're going to stop at my mom's house to get Judah and hit the road four o'clock in the morning from Maryland. And in that moment, in that kitchen, I'm like, is this really the right decision to, to tear our family apart? To, to take my kids away from their grandparents and to move to a, into a townhome with a girl from North Dakota and my cousin from New York and my wife and two kids in a townhome and, and, and start this, a townhome we had never been to, mind you. Let me get this right, God, to, to leave 70 degree winters <laughs> where the cost of living is 37% higher. Let me get this right, God. And so the voices of comfort begin to set in. It's like, un, man, unload the Penske. We're, move back. <laughs> Don't go. But that, the voice called us. It didn't make sense. It has not been comfortable. It will not be comfortable in your life. I'll tell you what. We couldn't have asked for better outcomes. All the lives changed. All the progress, all the growth, all the stretching, all the tears. And it's only going to get better. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for a little extra time in your presence. God, we pray that we would be reminded this week of the voices that we need to heed to, that you would give us the wisdom and the discipline to make the right choices. God, we love you. I want to give you an opportunity to make Christ the Lord of your life. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the Bible says in Romans 10, verse 17, that faith comes through hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. The good news is, is that 
Jesus died on a cross. His blood was shed for the forgiveness and the remission of sin. And today you have an opportunity to receive him. And if that be you, if you want to receive Christ as Lord, you want a new start with the Father. If you want to make heaven your home when you pass away, make Jesus your Savior today. Church, let's pray together in honor of those who are praying this prayer for the first time. Say, Father God, I love you. I thank you that Jesus is the Son of God. I pray that you would come into my heart. Forgive me for my sin. Fill me with your spirit. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate, church. Love you guys. Have a phenomenal week.